everyone, it's John and Ben. And welcome back to Santa by the Minute, the podcast where Ben and I talk about 1985's Santa Claus the Movie. One minute at a time. And this week we are on minute 107. Yes. Out of 108. <laughs> the credits continue to roll and Ben and I decided to divide and conquer all these names this week. Yes. So I did the first chunk. Ben did the second chunk, and then the remainder of the scroll in this minute is the cast list again. Right. So, Ben, are we just going to dive right in? Yes. We got we to keep plowing ahead here. Yeah. We can do it. We can do this. So, last minute we left off with the name of Malcolm Stone, and the next name on the list here is supervising animatronic designer John Coppinger. Do you think I'm saying that right? I think so. Toppinger, yeah. Before I get too much further, I just want to say the font, the typesetting here in the end credits, the C's look like G's. Yes. And it always throws me off in my research. Yes. And I, I think there are maybe some misspellings of names as well, but I'll get into that during my half. So John Coppinger has some pretty impressive credits in the realm of visual effects, animatronics. He worked on Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Most notably, he was the sculptor of Jabba the Hutt oh. in Return of the Jedi. Wow. He also worked on Babe and Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. He has his own Wikipedia entry because in The Phantom Menace, he also played character Graxel Kelvin. He was in he was in the audience in the pod racing scene. He was like this alien who had this really long. <laughs> skinny head uh -huh. and he also played the wookie senator it's spelled y-a-r-u-a yarua 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 what do you think yeah does that sound like a yeah. think that think that sounds like a wookie name yeah yeah for sure so next up we have the animatronic designers we have richard padbury he also worked on the jab of the hut scenes in return of the jedi he also provided the smoke effects i found out for the scenes in jabba's palace mm -hmm. Gus Ramsden, he was also a model maker, miniature uh, guy. Had his hands in a lot of things. He was a storyboard artist on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Oh. The first one. Model maker on The Abyss. And he worked on the miniatures for 1986's King Kong Lives, which I don't know if I've ever seen or not. <laughs> I don't know if I have either. <laughs> I think that's the one where King Kong climbed up the Twin, twin Towers. Oh. Uh, so that's probably why we don't see much of it these days. Probably. We also have Graham High. He was another regular at the Jim Henson Creature Shop. Mm -hmm. And his special effects credits include, among others, Aliens, Willow, Babe, the live-action 101 Dalmatians, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, and his most recent credit was The Golden Compass. Remember that movie? I do remember that movie. Do you remember anything about that movie except that it was long and boring? No, because I, I don't think I stayed awake for it. <laughs> I don't think we finished that movie. No, I don't think so. It wasn't due to the visual effects. I'm sure they, no. were, they were very good. Yeah. And David Hayes, he was another one of the regulars in the visual effects field. And many of his credits um, were the same as a lot of the other guys above. <laughs> So Next they work up, together, have, is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I think they all were in the same circles. Yeah. Like that Jim Henson Creature Shop model maker type yeah. 
realm of special effects guys. Next up, we have casting director Anne Henderson. She was a UK casting director. And this is probably the most recognizable credit to United States uh, fans. I saw lots of credits, but they all seem to be British productions. So she was had a very prolific career. I just didn't see anything I recognized. I just want to point out before you move on to camera operators that next to the names at this point in the minute is when Claus and Anya are entering the toy tunnel for the first time. So the next chunk of names I didn't really dive too deep into because I found out very quickly if someone's credited as a makeup artist or a camera operator, that's more or less what they did on about a hundred productions. So <laughs> we're just we're just gonna we're gonna get through this. All right, ready? We're gonna give everybody their due. They got a name on screen. We gotta mention them here, even if it's only in passing. Camera operators. Let's give a shout out to Wally Byatt, David Worley, Trevor Coop. Jeff Painter, and John Morgan. Good job, camera operators. They're very important. This is an interesting credit. I probably should have dove into it a bit more. We have production manager, but then after that, it just says North America and the Arctic. And that credit goes to Chris Coles. So what does that mean exactly? Or maybe that means, uh, you know, everything else was done at Pinewood. This was like the aerial shots and things that they did in the arctic and around new york maybe question mark that's what yeah. i'm gonna go with in my head i would imagine i'm surprised that they had any in the arctic i mean just those flying shots but i wouldn't think it would take a whole production manager for that model cameraman was mark gardner script supervisor pamela carlton makeup paul england and Stuart freeborn and then the makeup artist for dudley moore got her own credit in the end credit scroll here and that goes to penny scheuer i got curious if penny was like dudley's like go-to makeup person if somebody he requested but this seems to be the only time she was credited as dudley moore's makeup person she did makeup on a number of other productions but mm -hmm. somebody you know big star you paid him five million dollars or whatever what it was in 1985 dollars to be in this movie he gets his own makeup person the makeup person to put foundation on his face and to make his cheeks rosy. She must, she must have been pretty bored. <laughs> yeah, it's not like he had, like, mountains of, uh, you know, latex mask or anything. No. <laughs> Hairdressers. We had Colin Jamison, Jan Jamison, and Elaine Bowerbank. And the last credit that I had on my part of the scroll this week was set decorator Stephanie McMillan. We have to give her major props because there's been a lot to talk about over the past 107 minutes, thanks <laughs> to her, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. And she was also set decorator on every single one of the Harry Potter movies. Oh, wow. Okay, Ben, what do you have? But you forgot illustrators. Oh, hang on. They, went, they were on the second page of my... Uh... <laughs> I lied. I had two more names. I, they were just on the second page of my Word document that I'm reading. We have the illustrators. I don't know what illustrators are referring to. Like matte paintings, maybe? Probably, most likely. And probably the um, letters that float through the sky. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We have John Rose and Lucy Richardson. Mm -hmm. Okay, but now, now you're up. <laughs> okay, now I am up. And uh, while those names are scrolling on the page, on the side with the little movie clips... 
is a section where there are elves putting together toys, like a an assembly line type thing. Uh, this is not in the movie. So this is all unseen video parts. And it's completely black background. So this could have been put anywhere. Yeah, it's like unused B-roll footage. Yeah. And we were talking before we started recording that we both think this was probably intended to be part of the montage during the competition between Patch and Puffy to be the assistant. Mm -hmm. Like maybe cutting back and forth between Patch and his crew with their assembly line and then the handcraftedness of Team Puffy, mm -hmm. like the old ways. Yeah. Yeah, this all handmade. Like you see them going down a line with hands, putting all the parts on the wooden toys and the ribbons on the dolls. Right. Okay. So now back to the people that worked on this movie. So my first name here was under construction manager is John Patterson. And it took me a minute to find information about him because Pat John Patterson is only listed with two T's in his last name on this movie. The other movies that he is credited for, he only has one T. So I don't know if maybe that was an accident. Maybe, maybe or, a typo. Or what. Uh, so he is the person who supervised all of the construction of the sets and the stages for the film. So he and he has some really impressive movie sets in his repertoire. He worked on Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And if you remember, they had a huge like forest community that was part of that that movie. He Did we talk on... about him before? Was he the solar babies guy? Uh, I don't. <laughs> Everybody is a solar babies guy. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he worked on The Mummy, The Reign of Fire and Enemy at the Gates. And the last role that he worked on, according to IMDb, was in 2006 with Aragon. <laughs> Next, we have property master, Eddie Fowley. Uh, he passed away in 2011, but he is known for some of the similar roles as everyone else of uh, Dr. Zhivago, Lawrence of Arabia, The Three Musketeers, and Solar Babies. <laughs> <laughs> and then wardrobe master Patrick Wheatley. Uh, he is known for some of my favorite movies, actually. We have Judge Dredd from 1995, which I loved that movie. A lot of people don't like it. I'm okay with the hate for that. I like it, though. Uh, he also worked on Flash Gordon, Far and Away, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, uh, Solar Babies, Star Wars Return of the Jedi, and the last role that the last film that he worked on was saving private ryan in 1998 you have to hand it to the sulkins they really brought in top tier people for every single thing on this movie yeah, they did and then next up i have sound editors uh this is these people are responsible for the finished sound in movies and television shows. I googled what every single one of these job titles were so that I would know what they were. Even if it sounded obvious, you never know with movies. <laughs> I, I got the easier ones. I got makeup. I got cameraman. <laughs> so Archie worked on... Uh, he passed away in 2004, and he worked on a lot of projects, like so many, a gazillion. You know, these are finished sound editors. So Solar Babies. 
Solar um, Babies. <laughs> probably. But he was actually nominated for Best Soundtrack for Rollerball in 1975. Oh, wow. And Rocky, uh, she passed away in 2005, but she was known for work in The Saint, Aliens, Superman 3, Batman from 1989, um, and was an assistant sound editor for An American Werewolf in London, which is another one of my favorite movies. I thought you were going to say an American tale. And I was like, oh, Fievel. Like, no. Wrong. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, my, mind have... went, my mind went to totally different. <laughs> and then next up, we have optical editor. And I did not know what an optical editor was. I was like, there's so many different editors. It's crazy. So optical effects are the techniques where images or film frames are created photographically uh either in camera using multiple exposures, mats, or uh, in post-production using an optical printer. So these are like special effects type role. Uh, and he is known for Rollerball, Highlander, Memphis Bell, and Walkabout. So uh, nothing that really is huge for me, but for others probably. We'll talk about it someday, but all I can think of is remember in the making of special like this monster machine that yeah. the guy was standing in front of yeah. how to super how they were superimposing all these different elements over each other for like mm -hmm. santa flying through the sky yeah i'm pretty sure that was <laughs> now his... we <laughs> now we can do it on our phone basically but yeah. it was like this giant room-sized machine he was standing in front of yeah it was huge I don't know if it was this guy in particular, but it was somebody showing us the film elements. Right. <laughs> we'll tackle that someday. Yeah. Moving along. Moving along. We have assistant editors, and there are three of them. We have Les Healy, Margaret Thompson, and Beverly Lamb. Um, they all did a lot of things. <laughs> There's so many things. Next. Uh, Les Healy was nominated for Best Film Editing for Snatch in 2000 and was known for Snatch, Blade Runner, and Alien vs. Predator. And oh, wow, Margaret, pretty recent. Yeah, Margaret was only... I say, I say pretty recent, but it was still probably 15 years ago now. Well, I believe he is still working because uh, the latest role that was put into IMDb for them was Knots and Crosses, which is a BBC show from 2020. So, oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. And then Good Margaret... Job, <laughs> Margaret is only credited for five projects. Krull, Supergirl, The Witches, Castaway, and Santa Claus. <laughs> so, That's quite a resume still, you know? Yeah. Yep. And then... Uh, so Beverly here... Beverly was an assistant editor in the 80s. And then in the 90s, she switched over to location management, where she worked on a gazillion shows and movies, finding locations for them to be uh, filmed. And the latest one on their IMDb is from 2020 with the Tin Star TV series, which I believe is a BBC show as well. So... They were like, I'm not doing this assistant editor thing anymore. And they moved over and did the location management roles. So they had a little, so little job switch. So next up, we have some personal assistants, it looks like. 
I have production assistants next. We have Elaine Burt and Susan Ford. What's a production assistant? Did you look it up? I did. Uh, It is an entry-level position that assists with general tasks on a film, television, commercial, or production. Uh, Some PAs work in the production department with the first or second assistant director to provide support and communication. So Elaine worked on Supergirl and the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, And Susan, there was no information for Susan. She was like, I did one movie and I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Not dealing with this anymore. Nope. (laughs) Uh, So now I'm into personal assistance. Okay, so I have the personal assistant to Alexander Zolkin which is, I don't know how to say the name, Yal Rimon. This one, this person only had one other role listed on IMDb, and that was the personal assistant to, um, oh no, I'm sorry, I read the wrong one. Um, after being a personal assistant, they moved over to do uh, producer roles for Swiss Army Man, The Quiet American, American Ultra, and The Whole Truth. And the last role that they were a producer of uh, was in 2019. And that was on only, I don't know what any of those were, but you know, they, they moved from being a personal assistant to a producer, which is a pretty good move, I would think. And then the personal assistant to Ilya Salkin is Barry Isaacson. And the only other role that they had was personal assistant to Ilya on Supergirl. And then that was it. And then we have the personal assistant to Pierre Spangler, which is Trudy Ballin. Trudy was a personal assistant and a secretary to the producer in Superman 1, 2, and 3, Santa Claus, and Hawks. And what? Hawks. Like Hawks, the bird. Hawks. Like, it, like the bird? Okay. Yeah. I don't okay. Know. I don't know what that yeah. is, but... I don't either. But Superman 1, 2, 3, and Santa Claus were the important ones there. <laughs> <laughs> And then we have the director's secretary, Jane Dixie. And Jane also worked secretary roles for Superman, Krull, Supergirl, and Santa Claus. So She was like the Miss Abruzzi. Yes. To the director. Exactly. And then I have accounts. It just says accounts. It doesn't have like a role. It just says accounts with uh, Christine Samways, Bobby Johnson, and Betty Williams. Could these be like the accountants, like the financial people, making sure everybody's staying on budget? I think so. There was zero other information that I could find. (laughs) Uh, I Googled their names and nothing would come up. (laughs) And I Googled accounts and it sounds like it was the people that were keeping track of everything. So moving on, we have the director of publicity, Gordon Arnell. And Gordon lived... From 1932 to 2006. And he did a lot. So Gordon was known for Superman, Golden Eye, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, Star Wars Return of the Jedi, Flash Gordon, Supergirl, and Batman. And then he was also the producer and the associate producer for Supergirl, The Making of the Movie, and the making of Superman, the movie. So he was kind of right in there, that Salkin production team. 
All right, so we have Stills by Bob Penn. And Bob Penn passed away in 2002, but he was known for Firestarter, Aliens, Superman, and he also worked on The Secret Garden, Diana, her true story, the Christopher Columbus movie that we talked about, uh, Alien 3, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So he did a lot of high-end work, too. For aerial and background stills, it was, I think, Servin Robinson. But like you said, the C's and the G's look very similar. I'm pretty sure it was a C, but I couldn't find any information. It has to be a C because if you look just a couple names above, you have Gordon, and that's yeah. why the credits G looks like as yeah. opposed to a C. I don't know anything about Servin. There's nothing on the internet about about him. And then we have front projection consultant Roy Moore. What's that? What does that mean? A front projection effect <laughs> is an <laughs> in-camera visual effect process in film and production for combining the foreground performance with the pre-filmed background footage. Oh, maybe he was the guy standing in front of the big machine. We'll, so, we'll find out. <laughs> so Roy Moores, he worked on Aliens, GoldenEye, A View to Kill, White Knights, and Supergirl. And then we have music recorded at the Music Center by Dick Lucy. Now, he is either Lucy, L-E-W-S-E-Y, or Lucy, L. L-E-W-Z-E-Y. All depending on what movie he worked on. The name bounced back and forth between all these different movies. Um, he worked on... There are 89 credited roles in IMDb for this person. Um, because they worked at like the actual music center. So I'm sure a lot of movies went in and out. But he worked on The Four Musketeers, Excalibur, The Dark Crystal, Mad Max, Beyond Thunderdome. And the last one was Goya's Ghost from 2006. So a lot of work there. But I, I don't know what's up with the name change. <laughs> sometimes with an S, sometimes with a Z. I don't know. I have two more things. I have uh, sound re-recorded. At Pinewood Studios by Graham Hartstone. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is the interesting credit. What do they mean by sound re-recorded? Does this mean like when they when they had to redub the voices or add ADR, you know, after after the fact? I believe so. Um, because this this person has 222 credits. <laughs> Holy moly. I... Read them all. We're going to go through them all right now. <laughs> I didn't write them all down. The last credit for this particular person was Berberan. I thought it was like a bar barbarian, but it's all E's. So I don't know if someone <laughs> misspelled it or was it different. I don't know. It was in 2012. But this person worked on Die Another Day. Uh, basically all the 007 movies. Uh, Thelma and Louise. The NeverEnding Story. Hell Hellraiser. Aliens, Supergirl, A Christmas Carol. I mean, the first one Which that one? We... Huh? The Christmas <laughs> Which Carol. Which Christmas Carol? You know, not the Muppets <laughs> one. Uh, the first role that was listed under IMDb for them was in 1962 with All Night Long. 
So that was a that was a big career. And then we have to thank Camera Effects Ltd for these wonderful end titles design that we can't read. <laughs> now, or should cam- we say Gamera? Gamera effects because <laughs> all their C's uh, look like G's. So uh, someone else must have thought the same thing because Camera Effects was a film opticals uh, studio based in Soho, London from 1964 until it closed in 1987. Oh, this is like one of their last uh, end title designs. Yeah. They had a uh, worldwide reputation for producing film special effects in titles for television, commercial, and feature film projects. Okay. Next up, the cast, the full cast, are scrolling across the screen. There are some interesting notes to point out during this scroll. (laughs) The first of which is Dudley Moore is at the top of the cast scroll here at the end of the movie. David Huddleston is only credited as Claus, not Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. We talked about that earlier in the credits as well. Burgess Meredith is uh, the fourth one in the cast list. Gooba in the credits bin is spelled Goober. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about that a lot early on as well. Yeah, because it, it differentiates. We have Goober and we also have Goobler. The credits is the first place in the movie that a lot of these characters are identified by name. Unless you had the novel or the comic book or the McDonald's coloring book. Yep. Just like Groot. Like, if you were reading, if you were just reading the credits, you would have no idea who Groot was. (laughs) Not once did they say the name Groot. No. The only reason we know who Groot was is because we have all this supplemental material. Yeah. I guess you would know if you knew who Don Estelle was. Yeah. And like, oh, there's Don Estelle just wandering around in the background, not doing anything. <laughs> we have to give his alpha name because people know who he is. I like how it says storyteller is Amy Delamine. 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 Yeah. Amy not Delamine. granny. Yeah. Instead of like grandmother. And then it's Miss Tucker, another character who is not referred to by name. During the course of the movie, Miss Abruzzi, yes, who sort of is, <laughs> we've talked about that before too, the Senate chairman, the reporters, the reporters and the policemen, I was never 100% sure who was who. I did my yeah, best. Because they have a whole room full of reporters, but they have names of three of them. So I'd imagine it would be the three that talk, but maybe not. I'm not really sure. I believe... I believe that's what I assumed when we talked yeah. about that press conference. And there's Wino, John Cassidy. <laughs> Street Corner Santa and Wino are sort of uh, lumped together, which is very appropriate. Yes. <laughs> they, were, they were both Winos. Yep. Two Winos in this movie. Two Winos. And then the two policemen, who I assume are the two who stick their heads out the window as BZ floats off into space. I would assume. But I, don't know. I was never able to confirm that. <laughs> And over on the right side, elf hands are tying ribbons on really old-fashioned looking dolls. Yeah. Even though this is still supposedly taking place during the <laughs> Christmas of 1983? 84? I've already forgotten the timeline. Well, I'm not sure exactly when this part is taking place. I don't know if this was supposed, if these dolls were supposed to be during the Puffy timeline, you know, the Puffy assembly line, or if this was supposed to be part of the making toys montage at the beginning because this is set up a little different Oh, perhaps yeah 
And that is where our minute ends. Only one more minute to go, and it is a full minute. It is. Originally, I thought, oh, this is going to cut off at like 37 seconds. But no, <laughs> I, uh, I looked ahead, and we have a full minute to look forward to next week. And then it's over with. It is. It doesn't mean the podcast is going to completely end, though. It just means that the movie is ending, and we'll have to move on to a different set. I don't know what. I don't know a different I, we, we, item. To we talk don't know about. the fu- the future. The future of the podcast is unsure at this point. We have ideas. I don't want you guys to think that we're just gonna, you know, stop altogether. We'll still have stuff periodically. Yeah, don't unsubscribe. Right. We, we will periodically post something. It yeah. won't be each and every Wednesday. <laughs> <sighs> These credits minutes are exhausting. <laughs> When we watch the credits to some modern thing, like uh, we watched the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday oh, special a few days ago, and the end credits of that is like, oh, there's something at the end, so we got to keep watching. The credits must have been 10 minutes long, it felt like. It's like, oh, man, I'm glad I don't have to talk about <laughs> these end credits. Yes. We got off easy. <laughs> yeah, we did. Two minutes of credits. I think we can handle that. Like optical effects. It's like a big block. <laughs> Of names that take yeah. up the entire screen. It wasn't just it's like two 300 people. names. It's like, all right, here we go. All right, Ben, anything else to add before we uh, wrap up minute 107? I don't think so. I think I have talked enough. All right. As always, you can reach out to us, any of the social medias, santabytheminute at gmail.com. Ben and I will be back soon with the final minute of Santa Claus the movie. I can't believe I'm saying that. Come back next time for minute 108 as we wrap things up and go back, listen to the previous episodes to get all caught up. You can listen to any of those old episodes. Fuck Chris!